I'm so grateful that the Lord Jesus loves me and loves my soul. He died on the cross to save my soul from that terrible place called hell. And I'm going to heaven because of what he did for me on the cross. And I hope that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Turn your Bibles, please, to Proverbs again. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, please. In your bulletin, there's an insert you can use to take notes. I remember the truths I want to share with you this morning. When I was a boy, uh, every year around the month of December, we got a catalog in the mail from Sears Department Store. It was called a wish book. How many remember the wish book? We used to spend hours. It was geared to children because they had all kind of toys they sold for children. And my parents would allow my brother and I to look through the book and told us to circle five different toys you would like to have for Christmas. And number them, number one, two, three, four, five, according to the order that you would like to get, the number one be your greatest desire. And so we would do that. And they said, well, we can't promise we'll get all of them for you. If, we can, if they're cheap, we can maybe get all of them, maybe one of them, but we'll do our best to get one of the gifts you like. And so we thoroughly enjoyed going through the wish book. I remember my birthday, my daughter has an Amazon account. On the Amazon account, it's called the Pastor's Wish List. You ever got that, too? People go in there and get something for the pastor. But anyway, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that wasn't a hint. <laughs> what if, uh, if someone came to you, had unlimited resources, and said, what would you like? Give me a list of five things that you'd like, in priority one through five, which you want the most. But before you do it, I want you to go home, talk to your spouse, just sit down and think about it and talk about it. Get back with me, and I'll do my best to take care of that, your wants. What would you write down? What would be your list, your want list, your wish list you give that person? Let me share with you, there's nothing wrong to desire things. But in that list, you know what the number one should be? The number one desire of your heart, and more than anything else, should be Wisdom. Wisdom. We're going to see that this morning from God's Word. By the way, we're going to look at a story today where God met a man in the Bible and asked him, what, what, what should I give you? We're going to find out what he asked. <laughs> so look here, please. We're going to find out, talking about be steadfast in seeking wisdom. We'll look at the blessings of wisdom, the benefits of wisdom, and also the source of wisdom. We'll see how important wisdom is in everyday life. So let's begin, number one, the blessing of wisdom. Look in verse 13. Number one, the blessing was that wisdom brings happiness. One thing the world longs for, the heart bleeds for, they cannot find in the world, yet wisdom brings happiness. Chapter 3, verse 13, what's the first word? Happy. That literally means blessed is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. So many people today are looking for happiness in all the wrong places. But the Bible says here, if you want happiness in everyday life, wisdom, happy is a man that findeth wisdom. Find means you're looking for it, you're seeking it. Happy is a man that findeth wisdom. Why is that? Because, number one, wisdom is better than silver or gold. Chances are, if an unsaved person was said to take, get a list and fill out what you want the most, probably number one would be money. I like a million dollars, like two million dollars. It probably is, but silver and gold is the number one on the list. But look in verse 14. It speaks of wisdom compared to uh, silver and gold. 
The wisdom is better than silver and gold. Verse 14, for the merchandise of it, no matter wisdom, is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. The word merchandise means gain or profit. What you gain or profit from wisdom is far better than what you gain or profit from silver or gold. How many believe that? How many of you spend time seeking wisdom compared to how much time you seek in making money? The word it goes on to say, and of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. So what we gain and uh, as far as revenue of wisdom is far greater than anything money can get, give us. It says in Proverbs 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than chosen silver? So what we're saying here is that one thing that money cannot bring, wisdom can supply. That's happiness. The next, wisdom is more valuable than rare gems. It's not only better than silver and gold, it's more valuable than rare gems. It said in verse 15, it says, She, talking about wisdom, is more precious than rubies. Proverbs 8, 11 says, For wisdom is better than rubies. Interesting that God gives a feminine gender to wisdom. It says she there. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. It is more valuable than rare gems. Ladies, what would you rather have, a big diamond on your finger or a ruby around your neck or wisdom? God says wisdom is far better than that. Next, wisdom should be desired above all things. Wisdom should be desired above all things. Look in verse 15, the latter part. In fact, the first part says, She, wisdom is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared to it. In other words, all the things, if you were asked a person unlimited resources, make a list of anything you want, and I'll supply it for you. The number one on that list, and more than anything else, nothing should be compared to it, is wisdom. That's what God says. Nothing, all things we can desire are not to be compared to wisdom. Letter B, wisdom brings happiness. Letter B, wisdom brings long life, riches, and honor. Wisdom brings long life, riches, and honor. Look in verse 16. It says, length of days, long days on this earth is in her, talking about wisdom's right hand, and her left hand, riches and honor. Here talks of wisdom as a person. Often her hand out, says, in this hand I got long life, this hand I got riches and honor. They're both for you when you receive wisdom. Wisdom brings long life, riches and honor. But also, let her see, wisdom brings quality of life. Wisdom brings quality of life. Not only life, the length of life, but quality of life. Verse 17 her wisdom's ways are the ways of pleasantness, and her paths are peace. These are things money cannot buy. You can get all the gold and silver you want. It can't buy happiness. It can't buy long life. It can't buy pleasantness or peace. Verse 18, it says, She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. So why is wisdom better than silver and gold? Why is it more valuable than fine jewelry or fine uh, rare stones? Because it can give you something they cannot bring. The world is looking for more money, more money, and if I got more money, how happy I'll be. And some of the most miserable people on this earth are wealthy people because money cannot bring happiness. However, wisdom can. Wisdom brings happiness. It brings long life. 
riches and honor and a quality of life. Go with me now, please. Hold your finger here and Proverbs. Go to 1 Kings, please. Chapter 3, page 529. Here the Lord appears to a man and asks him, what shall I give you? I love this story. 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings right before 2 Kings, if that's helpful to you. <laughs> Page 529 for those using the church Bible. Look in verse 5. Here's an amazing story, an amazing answer this man gave God. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God asked, Ask what I shall give thee. Wow. What do you want, Solomon? Ask it, and I'll give it to you. Now, what answer would you give? Now, is not God a person of unlimited resources? Anything, everything he has. Ask, and I shall give it. Verse 6. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and righteousness and uprightness of his heart with thee. And thou hast kept him for this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Thy servant in the midst of this, and thy servant is in the midst of the great people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. And here's what he asked for in verse 9. Give, therefore, thy servant understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. Who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Look away, please. When he says, give thy servant uh, understanding heart, come out wisdom. In fact, that same account in his book of uh, uh, Chronicles, it says wisdom. So all the things God would have gave him, what did he ask for? Give me wisdom. And by the way, look in verse 10. And this speech pleased the Lord. If it pleased the Lord back then, ask for wisdom. Don't you think it pleased him today? You want to please the Lord? Ask for wisdom. It pleased him that that's what Solomon asked for. Look in verse 11. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, Neither has asked riches for thyself, nor asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding and discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And, verse 13, and I have given unto thee which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, and so there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. So what it's saying here is that everything, riches and honor and long life, are byproducts of wisdom. What did he ask for? Wisdom. God was pleased. God gave him wisdom. In fact, he was the wisest man who ever lived outside the Lord Jesus, of course. Gave him wisdom. He said, by the way, I'll give what you didn't ask for. Long life, riches, and honor. That is the byproduct of wisdom. So wisdom is a tremendous thing to have. Next, let's look at it, please. We saw the blessings of wisdom. 
Now look at the benefits of wisdom. The benefits of wisdom. Proverbs 3, verse 19. Go back to Proverbs, please. Notice here, first of all, it tells us that God used wisdom to create the universe. It says in verse 19, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding he has established the heavens. By his knowledge and the depths are broken up, and the clouds dropped down the dew. When God created the world, he used wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. If God needed these things, how much more do we need them? Verse 21, my son, let them, what does them refer to? Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Let them not depart from my eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. What it means here, Solomon is indicating that wisdom is the basic for all of life. For by it, God created everything. Since God used it to create the universe, we need it to live in the universe. So wisdom, uh, God used it to create the universe. So one of the benefits of wisdom, number one, wisdom brings a refreshing life. Not only a long life, it brings a refreshing life. Look in verse 22, please, of Proverbs chapter 3. He says, So shall thy life be unto thy, be unto thy soul, they shall be unto thy life be unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. What he's saying here is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge shall be life unto thy soul. Talking about refreshing, not just you physically, but your soul. Not only long life does wisdom bring you, but it gives you a refreshing life, a revival type life. That's what wisdom brings. So shall thy life be in thy soul and grace to thy neck. Wisdom brings refreshing life, but also wisdom brings safety and stability. Wisdom brings safety and stability. One thing this world's looking for in a world of so much turmoil and violence. Verse 23. Then... Shalt thou walk in ways safely, and thy foot shall not what? Stumble. Interesting, if you ever look at the life of an unsafe person, though they may have so much the world has to offer them, so many times the life is so in turmoil, so many problems they're going through, so many things they're difficulty and, and having problems with. And they're, they're seeking for wisdom can bring safety and stability. That doesn't mean you won't have any problems. But when you have God's wisdom, you have his wisdom to deal with the problems. Amen. And things go so much better. And so the very thing the world's looking for, a refreshing life, safety, and stability, my friend, wisdom, God's wisdom, can give you. Go to Proverbs chapter 4, please. Keep your finger on chapter 3 there. Proverbs chapter 4. And by the way, if you're going to read the Bible to try to find wisdom, where do you think the best book to find it? <laughs> Proverbs. <laughs> exactly. The wisest man who ever lived wrote this book to give you and I wisdom that we, God says we should have. Proverbs 4, verse 5. What's the first two words? Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. She, to my wisdom, shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall what? Keep thee. Again, talking about stability, safety, and you will not stumble. Next. Wisdom only brings safety and stability. Wisdom brings a restful and peaceful sleep. Wisdom brings restful and peaceful sleep. My wife and I, I tell you, many times we watch the Fox Channel, 
And uh, Governor Huckabee gets on the television every time and advertises a certain medicine you can take to sleep. If you take this, you have a good night's sleep. You'll fall asleep and stay asleep and so on. Let me tell you something you can have to have a good night's sleep. It's called wisdom. Verse 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be what? When's the last time you had a very restful, sweet sleep? As I get older, I find nothing's more valuable than a good night's rest. And the Bible talks about how to have that. Wisdom brings a restful and peaceful sleep. When you lie down, you won't be afraid. And when you lie down, you're going to have a good, sweet night's rest. How many of you like to have that? My friend, the world can't bring that to you. In fact, the world brings the opposite. And no pill can give that to you. Only God's wisdom. So we saw the blessings of wisdom, the benefits of wisdom, now the source of wisdom. Pastor, I understand I want wisdom. Where can I find it? I'm glad you asked. Look in chapter 2, please. Here we have the source of this wisdom that brings happiness, that brings refreshing life, a long life, peaceful life, safety, stability, good night's rest. Here's the source. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. That God is the source of wisdom. God is the source of wisdom. Verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and what? Understanding. You know, life is full of decisions. Sometimes major decisions affects our families and our lives. And notice here, we can have knowledge and understanding to make a decision with wisdom. Wisdom brings knowledge and understanding. So next time you've got a major decision, ask, my friends, seek wisdom from God. Go with me now. Hold your finger here in the book of uh, Proverbs, please, chapter 2. Hold your finger there. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I'm talking about God being the source of wisdom. James chapter 1. Here's a wonderful promise to those who know Christ as Savior. James chapter 1. Again, referring to God as a source of wisdom. James 1, verse 5. I'm sorry I did not write down the page number. It's near the back of your Bible in the New Testament. James chapter 1. Right after the book of Hebrews, you find that before 1st and 2nd Peter. James chapter 1. Look at verse 5. If any of you lack what? By the way, do you lack wisdom? Read on. Let him ask of God that giveth to how many men? All men. How? Liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. What does it mean liberally? Abundantly. God says you need wisdom? Come. Ask me. And I'll give it abundantly. Liberally and upbraideth not. The word upbraideth not means God's not going to make fun of you. He's not going to nana nana boo boo. You can't, you can't even know what to do here. He's not going to make fun of you. He's there to help you and give you wisdom, and he'll give it liberally if you just simply ask. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. James says that. So God's the source of wisdom. So you want wisdom? Go to the source of wisdom. Go to God himself. God's the source of wisdom. Let it be. He provides it to those who walk uprightly. Go back to Proverbs, please. Back to Proverbs chapter 2. He provides wisdom to those who walk uprightly. It says in verse 7, 
He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler, talking about safety, to them that walk uprightly. What does it mean to lay up? In my garage, I have a tool chest with a bunch of tools in it. And usually, any, if I have any honeydews around the house, there's a tool in that chest I can use that can get the job done. I laid up a lot of tools to get the job done. The Bible says God has laid up wisdom in heaven for you to get the job done. You have a decision to make, ask God. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. What's required on my part is to live a clean moral life. For the righteous uprightness, that's who God gives wisdom to. So if you're living right and honoring God with your behavior, my friend, there's wisdom stored up in heaven just for you. And you have not because you ask not, so ask. Let a man ask of God who giveth liberally unto all men. So God's a source of wisdom. He provides to those who walk uprightly in letter C. Through wisdom, God gives us understanding, sound judgment, and discretion. Understanding, sound judgment, discretion. How about you? I need that. I need understanding. I need judgment. Quite often, people come to my office and with a problem they want answers to. And they don't hear me say this under my breath, say, God, I need wisdom. This precious soul needs help. They come to the pastor. Lord, I need wisdom. He gives it. With wisdom comes understanding, sound judgment, and discretion. Verse 9. And then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. Verse 10. When wisdom entereth in thy heart, knowledge is thy pleasant to thy soul. Verse 11. Discretion shall preserve thee Understanding shall keep thee. So with wisdom, I can have great knowledge, great understanding, discretion. I don't know about you. I need wisdom. God says it comes from him. What does it do for me? We found out so much today what it brings, what it benefits. But next here, look with me, please. In verse 12, it brings deliverance. Wisdom brings deliverance. Deliverance from what, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Verse 12, deliverance from evil men. Deliver some evil men. Verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. Have you ever had someone approach you, maybe trying to sell something or offer you something, or talk to you, and something just doesn't seem right? Something like, a, a, something that just says, this, this man's not with it. I mean, it's not legit. My friend, that's what wisdom does. They can live these. How many realize there's many evil men out there that will take advantage of you? And people are gullible and naive, just fall right into traps. My friend, God's wisdom will deliver you from these men, evil men that speaketh forward things. But also, men, listen to this. It delivers you from the wicked woman. It will deliver you from the wicked women. Verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger that flattereth with her words. What's a strange woman? I'm talking about a strange-looking woman. <laughs> a strange woman in the context is a prostitute. Prostitute. Someone said a strange woman is any woman other than your wife. <laughs> but listen carefully, please. You men need to realize there's women back there that want something from you more than just your help. And they would get your help by flattery. You know, I, you look like a person that is pretty smart, and I see all the things you run in your house, and I, how you can just take care of things, and, 
and you just got away with your hands, and you're just, just very good with fixing things, and could you come help me? So many men say, oh, sure, I'd be happy to help you. But you do not know they may have an ulterior motive. And so wisdom can spot that. By the way, let me give you another source of deliverance from a wicked woman. If you're married, you know who it is? Your wife. Your wife. Women can detect things you cannot. So if a woman comes to you and you say, oh, I, they just want my help, and your wife says, stay away from them, listen to her. They can see things you can't see. How many women know I'm talking about? You can see things the husband does not see. Oh, they just want my help. My friend, if your wife says, stay away, there's an ulterior motive that she can detect you cannot. God made them that way. So if you can't don't have the wisdom to make it, listen to your wife. <laughs> She'll keep you out of trouble. But wisdom will deliver you from the evil man and also the wicked woman. And lastly, come out wisdom brings deliverance, but also they keep you from going, keep you one going in the right path. Wisdom, knowledge, and discretion will keep you going in the right path. In verse 20 of chapter 2, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of righteousness. That's what wisdom would do. Discretion would do. Understanding would do. So of all the things you may want in life, and there's nothing wrong to have maybe things you may obtain while you're living, where you're at. The number one ought to be what? Wisdom. So we looked at several things. We're going to close them. Don't close your Bibles. We're going to one more verse we're going to look at in just a moment. The blessings of wisdom, what were they? Wisdom brings happiness, a quality of life, long life, riches, and honor. The benefits of wisdom. Wisdom brings safety and stability, a restful and peaceful sleep. And the source of wisdom, God's the source. He lays up wisdom to those who walketh uprightly. So that he says, of all the things you may desire in life, number one above everything else ought to be wisdom. Where do you find wisdom, by the way? God's word, the Bible. That's how God speaks to you. Interesting, Solomon's case, God imparted to him supernaturally. He didn't have a book to read like we have. God imparted, but he doesn't do that to you. He's given you a book to find wisdom called his word. And when you spend time in his word, specifically the book of uh, Proverbs, but all of the Bible, therein you find God's wisdom, therein you find understanding, therein you find discretion in the word of God. Let's conclude. Go with me now to one more verse, and we'll wrap it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, please. New Testament. You can let go of Proverbs, let go of the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, page 1602. What I want to do now in conclusion is we're going to contrast, compare God's wisdom to man's wisdom. God's wisdom and contrast are compared to man's wisdom. There are many people that are worldly wise, but they're fools in God's eyes. Let me say that again. There's many people that are worldly wise, but are fools in God's eyes. Look at this scripture here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, a comparison and contrast between God's wisdom and man's. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is what? Foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, 
I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Verse 21, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that what? Believe. What does this mean? In the wisdom of God, God wisely established that men could not come to him by human wisdom. That would exalt man. So God designed to save the helpless sinners through the preaching of the message of the cross. So that a simple, simply through worldly wisdom, a man could not find simply calling it foolishness. Here's what the world, through worldly wisdom, a wise man of the world looks at the cross of Christ, the gospel, says it's foolishness. It's a bunch of stupidity. That's what worldly wisdom does. Look in verse 22. For Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jewish stumbling block, unto the Greeks' foolishness. Verse 24, but unto them that are called, both Jews and the Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. In other words, the message of the gospel is two things. It's the power of God and the wisdom of God. The greatest wisdom you can share with an unbeliever, you know what it is? The gospel. It's the power of God. It's the wisdom of God. And close in verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. What does this mean? My friend, there is no foolishness of God. There's no weakness of God. But if it were, his foolishness is far better than the wise man. And his weakness is far stronger than man. So where should we go to find wisdom? Go to the one who is all wise. And that's God himself. Close your Bibles, look at please. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know why? For it is the power of God and the salvation. It is the wisdom of God. Do you know who the hardest person to lead to Christ is usually the one who's worldly smart. He's very intelligent. She's very smart. They're the ones the hardest to win because they hear the gospel and they say, that's a bunch of foolishness, a bunch of stupidity. And no wonder why God says through their human wisdom, it is foolishness. But my friend, to us that are saved is the power of God and wisdom of God. Let me close with this. A question I ask just about every service. Most of you know the question before I ask it. For those may watching by live stream or those may be visiting today, if you were to die today or 10 years from today, would you go to heaven? Probably the most of you could say yes. And if I ask you why, you'd probably say because I trusted Christ as my Savior. That's the answer. But if you said, Pastor, I don't know, I think I would, I'm not certain, I don't have that assurance. The greatest news in all the world you can know. And it's through the wisdom of God called the gospel. The gospel message is this. Please listen. The gospel message, first of all, we're all sinners. I said, who's a sinner? Look up here. Here's one. Go look in the mirror. You'll find another one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Number two, because we've sinned, 
there's a price tag. There's a penalty to pay. The wages of sin is death. The Bible defines sin as a transgression of God's laws. To break his laws is death. And the wages of sin, breaking God's laws, is death. Number three, we cannot save ourselves. Your good works, your good deeds cannot save you, cannot merit your way to heaven because it won't pay for sin. Good, nothing wrong with trying to do good, but it will not pay for your sin. And your sin must be paid for. So we're all sinners, we all owe penalty, and we cannot save ourselves. If I stopped there, that'd be horrible news. We'd go home depressed. But here's the good news. God commendeth, demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. The penalty of sin that we've earned, that we deserve, Jesus paid on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, my friend, he died for you to pay for your sin debt. He was buried and rose again. So your sin has been paid for. You know, people are dying and going to hell every day where the sin's already paid for. Why? Because they would not receive Christ and the payment he made for them. They don't go to hell because they sin. They go to hell because they reject God's remedy of sin. And that's Jesus. So have you ever accepted Christ as your Savior? You ever trusted him as the one to take you to heaven? If you have, heaven's your home. If not, why not do it today? You can do it right now. Before you leave the service, you can know for certain heaven's your home if you trust Jesus as your Savior. Would you do that today? Let's bow together, please. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this morning I've been speaking to those of you that know Christ. And we saw from God's word the importance, the priority of wisdom. How important it is for you to have wisdom in your everyday life. I hope you see that clearly from the Bible and all the benefits and blessings it brings. And if you lack wisdom, God tells you, Christian, ask. Ask from God, who giveth liberty to all men. That includes you. So what decisions are you in the middle of making? What decisions in life that you are struggling with? My friend, go to the source where wisdom is found. Go to God. Go to God in prayer. Go to his book and read and ask God to give you wisdom, and he will. But if you're here today and you never trusted Christ as Savior, why not do that right now? Why not take God in his word and trust Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior? If you do this, the promise of God to you, a God who cannot lie, is a home in heaven, eternal life. Why not do that right now? If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, why not talk to God and maybe just say something like this as you talk to him in your own thoughts, in this little simple prayer, just say, Dear God of heaven, I understand that I'm a sinner. And because I've sinned, I've earned, I deserve your punishment. But God, I believe that Jesus, your son, died in my place. That he was punished for my sin. He died for me. He was buried and he rose again. And God, right here today, I am trusting Christ to be my Savior. I'm trusting him to forgive me and to give me eternal life. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, my friend, did you trust Christ today to be your Savior? If you did, heaven's your home. Heaven, that you have eternal life right now. It's a present possession for all who believe. But I would like to know if anyone did that today. I want to pray for those who made that decision. 
My prayer for you does not save you. Christ saves you when you trusted him. But it allows me to know that someone understood that and trusted Christ, that I may just rejoice with you. So with heads bowed and eyes are closed, if you trusted Christ as your Savior today, well, no one looking around, no one leaving. Would you simply raise your hand real high and put it back down? Pastor, I made that decision today. Would you pray for me? You know at all? Pastor, here's my hand. I trusted Christ. Would you pray for me today? Father, I hope that means each one has already made that decision. And now as your children, we would, on our list of priorities, the things that we desire in life, may we all put wisdom at the top of the list and seek it from you in everyday life. Oh, how we can find happiness, peace, fulfillment, satisfaction, safety, stability, all the benefits and blessings that come with wisdom. Father, help us to have that in our lives. For us in Jesus' name, amen.